0: Today's daf is daf samach aleph in Meseches Yavamis. And we're going to pick up from the very bottom line on samach amad beis. 6 dB. Samach amad beis, Meseches Yavamis. We are going to pick up from Tanya, uh, seven, the seventh to last word on the last line. All right? We have the place. Tanya, we learned in her price. the uh, chain ho yashiminicho yaymer and shiminicho yaymer. Also said, now we turn to today's daf. The graves of a non-Jew are not mitame owa. We know that a, a corpse of a Jew, anything inside the same room as the corpse, becomes impure. However, you should know that a corpse of a non-Jew, things inside the same room, they do not become Shinamar, As it says, You are my sheep, my sheep. Uh, you are Adam, this is Klai Yisrael speaking to Adam Adam. Only Yidin are called Adam But the Goyim, the nations of the world, idol worshippers are not called Adam So only an Adam, uh, the body of an Adam gives off tumah. But the body of a non-Adam does not give off impurity Says the Gemara Viter, and then we're going to dwell on this a little bit That's a challenging question you know what? Before the challenging question, let's dwell on it right now. On Erev Shabbos, I promised a little bit of a story. Yeah, we promised a little bit of a story. The, the international story of Mendel Bayliss, which took place in uh, 1913, was the, uh, was the trial. He was arrested in 1911, I believe. The opening, right, it was a whole made up blood libel against uh, Mendel Baylis in Russia. Uh, Baruch Hashem, ultimately, everybody knew the whole thing was a scam, but ultimately the government forced uh, the courts to go ahead with it. But ultimately, Baruch Hashem, he was acquitted. He ended up coming to the United States. Be it as it may, the opening arguments in the Baylis trial was this Gemara. And they wanted to prove that the Jewish people slaughter non-Jewish kids because, look, you don't even call us Adam. You don't even think we're humans. You treat us like animals. The Jewish people consider us to be animals. It says only a Jew is called Adam and the nations of the world are not called Adam. And that was one of the proofs brought. Interestingly, most of the trial was based around really Klal Yisrael, an attack on Klal Yisrael more than Mendel Baylis himself. But be it as it may, be it as it may, the Rav of Moscow, his name was Reb Maze. Mazzeh. Maze was the Rav of Moscow at that time and he had joined the Baylis defense team. He was a brilliant man and he knew it was going to be attack on Klal Yisrael so he joined the defense team and when this opening when this uh, question came up he he said a beautiful beautiful answer and he explained he said the word he said you're only you're only uh, saying that because you don't know the Hebrew language the word adam has no plural there's no plural what's the plural for adam adamos adamim no such thing yeah adam is always singular see he says you know what it means that Klal Yisrael is called Adam, but Oved Yikachavim are not called Adam. You know what it means? This this trial is a proof. One Jew is accused of doing something, and this whole trial is against all of us as a people. That's why we're called Adam, because we're never plural. We're always singular. Jewish people are always lumped together. We're always put together. We're always one heart, one soul. Everybody views us the same. And we're supposed to treat each other as being one and of the same. But by you nations of the world, he says, let me ask you a question. He said to the prosecuting team. If there would be a Russian here on the stand, would the entire international Russian community band together to protect him? And try to save him and, and uh, from, from uh, being accused against something false. Of course not. To each man their own. That's what it means that obdekachavim are not called adam because you don't know how to pull together. But we as a people are called adam, and that's the word over here. Beautiful, beautiful answer. Gavaldik, beautiful message. Let's keep going. Maseve. That's a challenging question. V'defash adam shishasar elef. It says that the amount of of uh, soldiers that were killed were um, 16,000. So you see that there were 16,000, that's the assumption right now, there were 16,000 Midianim um, that um, were uh, 16,000 souls that are Midianim. So the Gemara says, don't tell me that there's, you never find the word Adam by the nations. The Midianites were called Adam. Says Gemara, no, Mishum Behema. Over there it was just contrasting the Midyonim from the animals. So when you're contrasting humans from animals, then we'll call by with the word Adam. But whenever you find the word Adam by itself, you should know it's referring to a Yid. Says the Gemara, okay. Asher Yesh Bahar Bey Mishteh Mesheh There were more than 120,000 Adam. There were twelve 120,000 Adam. Asher yada. That did not know they yeminai Their right from their left. So over here, you see the word adam referring to the, this. Is talking about the city of Ninve, they weren't Jewish. You see the word adam by non-Jews. That's the Gemara's challenge. You do find the word adam by non-Jews. To which the Gemara says to answer that as well. Mishum behema. Over there, it's talking over there where we're also mentioning the animals. So we're using the word adam to contrast between humans and animals, and that may very well again be over But whenever you find the word adam by itself, it's going to be a yid. Kol The Gemara says one second. Kol nefesh von When it came to fighting against the midyanim, whoever killed a person or Touched a dead body. They became Tomei. They needed to purify themselves. So ask the Gemara, hold on. Even if you're going to tell me that not, very, very nice, only a Jew is called Adam. Or they are not called Adam, unless there's also a behemoth listed there. Okay, I get it. But listen here, says the Gemara. When we defeated the Medionim, Myshe Rabbeinu instructed the Yidin to go purify themselves. Well, let me ask you a question. Why would we go purify ourselves if not for the fact that we touched the dead bodies? Says the Gemara, doma ik'tochad mi because maybe there was a Jewish dead body there, and since maybe they touched that's why, but it's not because of the Midianite bodies, it's because of the Jewish body. Okay? That's how Rav Shembar Yechai is going to explain that. V'rabanan, according to the Rabbanan who hold that there is Tuma by Oib what are they going to say they say bimenu ish. they say listen <laughs> there was no dead jews like nifgad means not a single jew died and therefore if myshveno is telling klay so to purify themselves it must be we are concerned about uh, uh, we must be concerned about the tumah from aveikahav says Gbar, okay what about rshimbar Shimbar Yechai? What, what's he going to respond to that says gubar it doesn't mean that no jew was killed you know what it means no Jew did any Averis. Because the whole battle against Midian is they tried getting us to sin with promiscuity, with immorality. They sent their women out to get Klai Yisrael to sin. Okay? So, um, so, uh the, so Shem is going to say, nobody was left, it means not that no Jew was killed, maybe a Jew was killed, but nobody did any sort of Averis. Okay. Ravina Omar, but Ravina says, he granted the maatenukra, maatum Granted, the Torah seems to imply that the corpse of a non-Jew uh, gives off toma. The adam Okay, which seems to imply any adam, any human who's yamos baayil. kra, But he says a very basic thing. He says like this: When Maish told Klai to purify themselves, it's whoever touched. Now over here, what halacha were we trying to accomplish? We were trying to say that the corpse of a non-Jew doesn't give off tumas Ohel. We never said the corpse of a non-Jew doesn't give off tuma at all. Okay, so therefore, uh, Rav Shimba Yechai will will make that contrast. Now, listen, what was the havamina then? What was the havamina? If we're giving a simple answer, we're saying, listen, you know, don't prove me from the pasuk of Meisher Abeno. That uh, whoever touched the person should go be even uh, because oh uh, now there's a difference you don't see originally the havamina was if a corpse gives off tumah it gives off tumas mace and tumas mace we're assuming is whether you touch it whether tumas oil that was all the havamina but over here says Ravina no you could actually make a discrepancy between the tumah of maga between the tumah of touching and the tumah of ohel well, beautiful givaldic, end of that gemara. All right, that wraps up that sugya. Here we go. We have uh, a number of mishnayos and different topics. Fascinating, fascinating stuff. By the way, get ready for a a, uh, a fun ride on today's daf. So many interesting and out of the box conversation, uh, unexpected daf. I'm just going to give you a little bit of a heads up. It's, it's going to be a, a mamish. Uh, touch on so many uh, beautiful and powerful ideas. Here we go. Let's get into the next mission. This mission we've quoted earlier. If a Kohen does step one of marriage, he does erisin. he acquires an Almana. Is there a problem? No. A regular Kohen can marry a widow. Okay, good. After he does Areson, now he gets appointed to be the big kahuna, literally. All right? Yichnos. He's allowed to do Nisuun. Even though now he's a Kohen Gadol, at the time of the Nisuun, since at the time that he acquired her, he was allowed to acquire her. And he was a regular Kohen. So the Allah is, same thing, you can, same thing with Nisuun, you could take her in. Okay. Says the Mishnah a story. Now, Remember this name, because the Gemara is going to get into this. Umaisa by Yeshua ben Gamla. There was a story that happened with Yeshua ben Gamla. Now, Yeshua ben Gamla was a tzaddik. Very righteous person. Okay? Um, Now, even though he was, a, I shouldn't say even though, he was a righteous person. Fine. Big tzaddik. And he was Kidesh bas Baisos. He married the daughter of Baitos, whose name was Marta. Name her in, in America, Martha. Okay, fine, Marta. And the king, the king, the king, the king, very important, I'm repeating that word, made him the Kohen Uknosa, And he married her. Okay, that's the story. Viter, let's keep going. We're going to have to wait for the Gemara. But just notice those details. Yeshua ben Gamla married this daughter of Baisos and the king appointed him to be the Kohen Gadol. Now in that case, by the way, he did Erisin on her first. He was a Kohen Gadol and then he didn't assume. Okay, fine. Next part of the Mishnah. Shemere Hadid. and nin Shimin arkohanim. Ruvain dies. His wife is now the Yavama to Shimon. Shimon's a regular Kohen. Shimon gets a phone call one day. Shimon, you're now Shimon Kohen Gadol. And he has a Yavama, who's a widow, waiting for him. Even if he would have done Mimer already. You cannot complete the Yibum. This is very interesting. The first half of the Mishnah by Arison said if you had Erison before your Nisuin, you could complete it. If you're a the But by Yibum, you cannot. Okay, says the Gemara. Yeah, go ahead, Rebbe. Just, just for clarification, I thought the Kahuna Gadola went from father to son until we started messing up and then it was either bought or traded or, or whatever. Excellent. 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 A real kohen gadol, if he was appointed by the melech? And- Correct. You, even Rabbi Ravinsky saying that, you know, uh, that there was a certain time during the second base on Mikdash where the kahuna gedola was not transmitted with lineage or anything of that sort, or even with worthiness, but it was transmitted by the courts. Um, so what you're pointing out here is that even if a king appointed, that obviously means that the Gehuna Gedol is still a valid Gehuna Gedol. Is that what you want to... That's the point you want to make? I, I mean, I'm, based on this mission, it seems good. like it is a valid Gehuna Gedol. Very good. Very good. Let's wait for the Gemara. The Gemara is going to clarify all this for us, but it's exactly okay. the way you're saying. The Gemara, is going to, the Gemara is going to clarify exactly the way you're saying. Here we go. The Rabbis learn so. How do you know that? if uh, as a regular Kohen did Areson. And then he's appointed to Kohen Godl that he's allowed to complete it. Tom Yikach uh, Isha, he should take as a wife. At the time that you take, that's where you got to make sure, the Kohen Godl has to make sure that she's a besula, she's not a widow. But since he already took her beforehand, it's okay. Says Gemara, Yachi Shemeres Yavam Nami, why do not we allowing Kohen Godl to marry Shemeres Yavam? Says Gemara, Yisha Velo Yavama, Isha, but not a Yavama. Yavama is not enough of an acquisition yet. To be with the Kohen. That if he's appointed now she could stay with him. Okay. So now we know why. There's a discrepancy between the Halacha and the Resha. Of Erison and the Suen And the Sefer of Yibam. Now let's get into the story. Maysa bi Yeshua ben Gamla v'chulu. Minohu in nismanalo Says the Gemara. If the king appoints him. Then the Halacha would hold true. Nismana, if the if everybody else appointed him, then loy. No, okay. What do you mean? No. Let's explain. Omar um, Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Yosef says, Ketir Khazane Hacha. There was funny stuff going on over here. Yeah, Ketir means like uh, back door. Kachazina, I'm seeing Hacha over here. There's some back door. Uh, Deals happening. Tiyamaravasi Rasi says Tarkavna the dinare a tarkav of dinners. This was a very high value of money. Either they Martha Bas the Yanne Malka. Martha, Martha, the daughter of Baises, See, they were very wealthy, and she married Yeshua Ben Gamla, and she bribed Yanai. al Demuki Yeshua and Yeshua Ben Gamla was appointed to be the Kohen of based off of the bribe. Yeah, it is. Now, it doesn't mean Yeshua and Gamla wasn't, uh, you know, was a Russia. His wife did this. But Lemaissa, he wasn't the most worthy. He was, a t- he, he was a good guy. He was a tzaddik. He's fine, right? But you see from here, and that's why we reiterate in the Mishnah, the king, the king, the king, the king, because that is the... Uh, that is the Kiddush uh, over here that Rabbi Yosef was pointing out from the Mishnah, okay? That if a king, if a Kohen does Erisin, and then is appointed to be the Kohen Gadol for Nesuin, then you are permitted. And the diok is only if a king does it, but not if the Sanhedrin was the one who appointed him, then maybe takad would be different. Okay says the next mission, a Mishnah, if you have a Kohen Gadol, whose brother dies, regular case, yeah, nothing special, Ruven and Shimon are brothers, Shimon is a Kohen Gadol, ruven dies, the Kohen Gadol has to do Chalitza, he's not allowed to do Yibam, says Gemara Kaposik we talk clearly, it, that it doesn't make a difference, whether Reuven, the regular Kohen died, and the, the, Yavam is falling from eresin or nesuin. Now, why would there be a difference? Because if she's falling from Erisin to shem in the kohen gadol, she's still a Basula. Okay, it says the gemara Bishma manan Nisua, and If she fell from nesuin, I say belaisa say you have an Asay of the midst of Yibam, and they have the leisa say let a, the kohen gadol is not let to marry a besula. They say the say and an ase of Yibam cannot override the Asay of marrying a basula and the leisa say of not taking an amana. Fine. Element of arisen, but when the wife of Reuven only had Airisin, so now she's still a Basula, right? So Yavayase, let the Asse of Yibum come be Yidcha's Lysase, and and conquer, push off the Lysasei of you can't marry a widow. And assay is Dokha say. It's a good Kasha. We should allow the Kohen to marry of Yavama from Aresin. Answers the Gemara, A fascinating answer lots of lambdas in this, but basically what we're saying is, listen, it's true that for the first act of Biyah to fulfill the mitzvah of Yibam, that will give the Kayin Gadol the mitzvah. However, the second act of Yibam, we already fulfilled the say now he's going to be having relations in, in an ongoing way with an almana. With a widow, which is forbidden, and therefore, really, you're right. The Gemara is saying an say, should be doha the los say However, the rabbis made exera in this situation to not do it because we're concerned if we allow the first set of relations to happen, then they may continue with additional sets of relations. There, there's no assay, there's no mitzvah to do that. Hence, we say don't do anything at all. Okay, period. End of that topic concerning the Kohen gadol, Let's get back to Kohanim. Here we go. Kohen Hedyot. Now, if you jump out of your seats, if you jump out of your seats, you're going to have to sit back down and wait for some of this. It's going to be some fascinating stuff. A Kohen Hedyot, a regular Kohen. Lo Yisa Islandess is not allowed to marry an Islandess An islandess, again, is a woman who doesn't give off signs of female maturity. She cannot have children. A Kohen is not allowed to marry an islandess. Unless he has another wife that he could possibly have children from, or he already has kids, then he's allowed to marry an islandess. Again, a Kohen cannot marry an islandess unless he has other opportunities for children or he already has children. Okay? Rabbi Yehuda, Omer, Rabbi Yehuda says, No. Even if a Kohen has another wife, and he has children, the halacha is lo yisa islandess. You're not allowed to marry an islandess. That's it. You know why? <laughs> hold on to your arms. Hold hold on to your arm over here, you ready? Zaina <laughs> Any islandess is a Zaina. She is a classic zona in the taira. Okay. And since a Kohen is instructed, Isha Zona Bakalala Loikahu, you're not let to marry this islandess. Okay. If that makes any sense to you, please explain it to me. Otherwise, we're gonna to have to wait for the gummar. All right. Here we go. You know what a Zayna is? No, not an islandess. A Zayna is a convert or a woman who was a non-Jewish maidservant who was freed or any woman who has forbidden relations with a man. That's when you fall into the category of a Zayna. So let's just get a detail. Let, let, let's go through this. The Mishnah starts out by, t- for some reason, and this should bother us, some reason mentioning the word Kohain. A Kohain cannot marry an islandess unless he has other opportunities for children. No one should be able to marry an islandess. Oh, uh, good. Very good. Very good. That should bother us, right? What's the problem? You want to have children? Everybody has a myth of having children, right? Okay. So, you no. Know, Yehuda says, no, even if you have kids, you can't marry an islandess. She's a Zion. All right, fine. Nacham say, no, nah, you don't know what a Zayna is. A Zayna is not an islandess. Zayna is any woman who was not Jewish at some point, or was a free Shavcha Canaanis, or had any sort of relation with another man. All right. Heavy, I shouldn't say heavy. Wild, more of a wild type of Mishnah coming from multiple angles. Let's get going into the Gemara. The Gemara is going to clarify everything beautifully in its usual Gishmaka fashion. Here we go. Says the Gemara. Amr'alei Reshkalusa, the Ravuna, the, the, le, the head of the Gullus, said to Ravuna, my Taima, why in the world are we saying that a Kohen cannot marry an island unless he has... Unless he has a wife and and or kids, says the Gemara, Mishum Puriyavriva. Ah, because he has a mitzvah to have kids. So and every man has a mitzvah to have children. We're supposed to strive to have children. And if a Koei marries an islandess, she can't have children. Says the Gemara. What are you talking about? Only Kohanim are supposed to have children? A regular yid is doesn't have a mitzvah to have children, a regular Jew? What are you talking about? Yeah, again, why are you mentioning Kainar Mishnah? <speaking in Hebrew> You're right. Really, this applies to everybody. But since we want to keep the Risha and Seifa in line, where what's the next <speaking in> halacha <Hebrew> we say Yudah says? <speaking in Hebrew> that even if the he has a wife, <speaking in Hebrew> the, he <speaking in> bonim, <Hebrew> top of La Island is not a island is Zaina she's a Zaina. Now who's not allowed to marry a Zaina Kohen? That's why we use the word Kohen. Basically the answer is, says Rav to the Rish Kulusa, you're right. When it says in the Mishnah that a Kohen shouldn't marry an islandist because there's a Mitzadam soldier, it applies to everybody. And the reason why we said Kohen is because the next halacha about a zona only applies to Kohen and we want to keep the, 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 the Mishnah flowing smoothly. But you're right that it would apply to anybody. A man Okay, this is interesting. A man who has the ability to have children and does not yet have children should not go and marry an islandess. You shouldn't do that. You should strive to fulfill the mitzvah of having children. And this is going to be the focus of the end of today's daf. This is going to be so fascinating. We're going to get into the various opinions of how a person fulfills the mitzvah of Priyavrivia. Okay. Amr says, My time to what's the reason for Reb Yudah? Let's go to the Mishnah. Reb Yudah said... A Cohen cannot marry an islandess. You know why? Because she's a Zayna in the tail. Now, in order to understand the next little bit, we often hear the word Zona to be some sort of prostitute, some sort of woman who's very loose with a lot of people, right? Let's remove that. Let's remove that thought. And we've already been hinted, that's already been hinted to us that that's not necessarily what a zaina is, okay? A zaina is a woman who's forbidden because of something that can come out of relations, not a child, but a, the, some transgression that come out of that. A woman could already be called a zina. So let's clear our mind of exactly what a zina is and just free ourselves from that and say, we don't know what a zina is. Let's assume that. All right. So Behuda says, an islandess is a zina. Okay. Why? Says the Gemara, because the Pasik says, "Akhlu." they eat, they're not satisfied, his new, they have Zenos, the low the and they don't multiply, to marry a woman, where there's absolute incapability, there's no opportunity, for you to have a children through her, so then you're marrying her just for your relationship with her without any option of children. And that's called a zaina. That's called zayna. Okay? To just marry a woman without any opportunity for that, that's called a zaina. Okay? There's a lot of lumbis if you want to go into Ian over here. Right, how exactly, you know, how exactly it works. to so, uh, let's say a woman's at various, uh, a pregnant woman, a, a woman at various stages of life, and so on and so forth. And actually, when you go through chazal, you when you go through the chazal, we see there's four primary purposes of intercourse, which we've uh focused on previously. One is period of Erivia, right, but another one is riboya ava vachva, it enhances togetherness. There's tikkun avlad, if a woman's pregnant, it helps the child. There's the mitzvah of Aina, just to, just to be together as a couple. That itself is a mitzvah, but be it as it may, we're learning out from this pasuk that in, in where there's at least there's option for something. But over here, there's no option for anything. There never was an option, never will be an option. Fine. That's the Zayna according to Yehuda. Tani, we learned in a Bryson la A Kohen is not allowed to marry a katana. Raba. said to let's go check out what does Rav mean? Why is it that a Kohen is not allowed to marry a katana? Because at the night time, Ravuna' is going to ask a Shaila Nafak Ayimba, so Rav went and he checked it out. And he found out that Rav holds like Rav Meir and Rebuhuda and because he holds like these two halachas, of Rehmeyer and of Yehuda, which we're about to say what they are, that's why a Kohen cannot marry a katana, and here's the reason. mayor lemeuta. he agrees with the mayor who's chayish lemeuta. What does it mean, me'uta? As explains, there's a small minority of women that maybe never will be capable of having children, so therefore a Kohen should not be together with a katana, because she, she might be in that one percentage of people who are islandists. And are incapable of whatever percentage it is, who could end up being an islandist, and we're concerned about that small percentage. And if she is a Zayna, if she is an islandist, she would have the status of Zaina, therefore be forbidden. Oh, and therefore, why is to say that a cohen cannot marry a katana? Because she might be an islandist, and if she's an islandess, an islandess is a zaina. Fine. Meir Allah says, could it be possible that Abeliezer agrees? With Rebbe Mayer, who's Chayish Lemi Utah, again, who was nervous about that small percentage. Yeah, let's see you have an, uh, an adult male that passes away, leaving behind an eleven-year-old Yavama, and his brother is eleven years old. So you have eleven-year-old Yavam, eleven-year-old Yavama. Okay, so they can't do Yibum or Chalitzah. Rebbe Mayer. This is the opinion of Rabbi Meir. Umllah there are they said they're a Yafa You're right, they can't do Khalitza. Ish Ksippaparish says the word ish, umakshin, and we compare a man to a woman. Okay, so the same way there's no chalitza by a man, there's no chalitza by a woman either, who's a katana in but what's the reason why they can't do Yibim? I know why they can't do chalitza. Why can't they do Yibim? the said, I'll tell you why, because the Qata, guess what? You know why the you know why there's a mitzvah of ibum To perpetuate the name of the brother through children. What but there's a chance this 11 year old might be a Sris, he might be sterile. The the girl who's a katana might be an islandist. We're concerned about that. And if that would be true, and he actually ends up being a Sris, and he she ends up being an eyelidess, so now you're having relations with your brother's wife, and that's a transgression. And Rev Meir's nervous about that. Okay, so we see Rev Meir's nervous about Miuta. Okay, Vitania, and we learned Rebel says that a katana could do yibum. So now, I ask the You're saying until now, Rebbe holds like Rebbe Meir that we're concerned about the minority, and that's why he says a Kohen cannot marry a katana. But in this other b'risa, Rebbe Leezer says that a katana could do yibum. You see, we're not concerned about maybe she's going to be an islandist one day. So let's understand Rebbe Leezer. We got a problem. Says the Gemara, Rebbe savarla." before I answer, says the Gemara, I'm going to continue to challenge. Now that we said Rebbe Lezer and Rebbe Meir, you're have a hard time putting them together. I want to tell you something else. Could Rabbi Yehuda even hold like Rabbi Yehuda? Now, again, in order to make sense of Rabbi Yehuda, we originally said that he held like Rabbi Yehuda, said an islandess is an automatic Zaina. Is that true? We're now going to go through a number of opinions of what creates the status of Zaina. Here we go. Clear your mind. We have no clue what Zaina is right now, okay? We said in a price, What's a Zaina? Zaina Kishma. Divir Rabeliazir. You know what a Zaina is? Promiscuous woman. Okay? The way that people use it in their vernacular. Then he says Zaina is a Zaina. That's Rebelyazer. Rabaki Bamar Zaina Zaina Zu Mufkaras. No. She uh it's a woman who is is loose with a lot of men. Okay, it's not a woman who's been involved in forbidden relationships, has committed adultery. no, a zaina is a woman who's available to everybody. even he says no, you know you know what it takes to be a zaina? Not that you're loose to everybody, even if her own husband on the way to have her drink the soda waters. To see whether she has, she was an adulteress. You now let have relations then, because maybe she had relations with this other guy. She's also to both of them. Ubal but on the way they had relations. I that makes her a zayna. Rebbeudahimer is an islandess. Rebbeudah says a zayna is an islandess, which is what we thought Yezer held. We said Rebbelezer holds like a computer that a zayna is an islandess. Yeah. But we're going to see soon, he's got a different opinion. No, a Zaina is a convert, right? Because before she was Jewish, we have to assume there were relations with somebody uh, in a forbidden way, or a freed woman, or a B'ilaz like we said in the Mishnah. And Rabbi Zaina, even a regular guy and a girl out of wedlock. Yeah, she's not making herself loose to everybody. She's not even, you know, uh, committing adultery. It's uh, it's out of wedlock. But you see from over here, how did the Bryces start out? What did we say? Well, according to Rabbi Yezer, Zayna, Zayna Kishma, a woman who commits adultery. What did Rabbi Yehuda say a Zayna is? An islandess. So says the Gemara, don't tell me Rebbe holds like Rebbe Yehuda about what a Zayn is, an, an island. is a Zayn. It's not true. He has a whole different opinion of what it is. So what we just established is the following. Let's keep a broad view. The Brisa said, Rebbe Leezer, Rebbe Leezer says, Koyen la a Koyen cannot marry a minor. We wanted to know why. We said, oh, I'll tell you why. Because he's nervous about the minority. Possibly she's going to be an islandist, And if she's an islandist, she's a know." We just said, no, that's not true. It's not possible. It's not possible. It's not Rabbi Lezer's opinion. Because he doesn't give you and he doesn't give you Fine. So here we go. Why in the world does Rabbi say, a Kohen cannot marry a Katana? Here we go. El Amr Bada Baraba says, Kohen Godol It's not that a regular Kohen cannot marry a Katana. A Kohen Godol cannot marry a Katana. I'll tell you why. When does the Kohen Gadol acquire, when he's, when's he kona the katana? L'chi gadla. When she becomes a g'dayla. Says Rashi. What do you mean when she becomes a g'dayla? Until then, you don't have a real Kenyan. Okay. L'chi but once she becomes 12 years old, it's now she's a b'ula. Uh, and the Kohen Gadol is not allowed to take a b'ula. Oh my Rav, Rav says, whoa, what are you, what? Mechali <laughs> lev, what you're saying is like out of control. Okay? What do you mean that the marriage on the minor wasn't valid? One second. It was, was never an acquisition. If her father married her to the Kohen Gadot. Biblically, she's married. He acquired her biblically as a 10-year-old. And now, when she turns 12... Is there a problem? No. He's not acquiring her as a ba'ula. He already acquired her as a 10-year-old two years ago. And if she married herself off without her father, <laughs> That's the opinion of Rabbi Lazar of why she's a Zayna, not the Rabbanon. So everybody's going to agree that a koin cannot marry that katana. So what do you t- What does that mean? Okay, don't tell me that a Kohen marrying a, 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 kohen marrying a minor is a Kohen udol. No. Rather, we're back to what we thought originally. When Rebbe Lezer says that a Kohen cannot marry a katana, it means a regular Kohen. The Chayshinon, but we're concerned, Shema tispasa o love. You know why a Kohen should not marry a katana? Because since uh, girls who are younger. Have an easier time of being seduced, being taken advantage of. So, uh, the re- so we tell a, a Cohen you should not be marrying a katana because uh, because of your status. You're setting yourself up for a wife who's going to come to promiscuity. Says the Gemara. What second? Isn't anybody's wife who willingly goes out with somebody else? Isn't that a problem for anybody? Says the Gemara, Yisroel Nami. Why are we saying that a Kohen should not marry a katana? Even a Yisrael, nobody should marry a, a katana. Okay, we should make a Gzera, the same way we make a decree about a Kohen, we should say, anybody, no matter what. And by the way, Rashi points out, this applies even if, even though biblically the Torah allows a father to marry off his katana daughter, we should tell the father, we should make a decree, and tell the father, no. We're not allowing it now. We're not allowing it anymore because you might marry her off and then she'll be easily seduced by somebody else. Why, why are we ever allowing this? If says If as a katana she's seduced, she'll still be permitted to her husband, which is not true by a Kohen. A Kohen whose wife is violated is not permitted to go back to him, but Yisrael is. Okay. The Papa Amr Papa says, really, when do we say that a kohen shall marry a Katana, is talking about a kohen gadol v'hai tanahu and we're following the tana and the following B'raisa, the tani we learned in a brayser besula the, uh, the pasuk says that the kohen godol is obligated to marry a besula yochol katana I would say that you're allowed to marry a katana tamar isha he could only marry a mature woman isha I would think she has to be not only a gadola not only over twelve years but but uh, a Bogeres, fully mature, 12 years, 6 months, yeah? Tamerlemer Basula. No, as long as she's a Bessula. Okay, so what is it? Okay, yeah, so we're dealing with a girl who's no longer a Katana, but she's not yet a Bogeres. And you see from here that a kain Gadol is only ushered to marry a Katana, but once she reaches the, other st- the older stages, then it's allowed says hi tanahu that the akuyan zala america katana because of the following brisa the tana learned the brisa besula in besula The word besula means naro khinuai mara the nara the young uh, woman was beautiful besula she was beautiful and she was a besouah. It's talking about Yitzchak um, and Rivka, right Rivka. And um, the age that she was at was 12, uh, between 12 and 12 and 6 months. If any time you have a a uh, couple getting together out of wedlock, that's going to turn her into a zaina, even if they're not forbidden to each other, okay? Then turn into a zaina we do not paskin like this. The Allah is not like Rabbi Allah. Okay. Givaldic period. End of that Gemara. Here we go. Now we're going to get into a fascinating, fascinating conversation. We're not, unfortunately, going to be able to conquer the entire conversation. It's going to take us um, to tomorrow as well. But we're going to get we're going to start uh, learning about the mitzvah of children, when the Torah gives a mitzvah of periyah v'riviyah, of, of um, procreation, having children, which not only is in numbers, but also periyah is in numbers, Rivia is the, is the expansion, is the quality, as Rosham Shiner Fal-Hirsh explains on, uh, on the Mishnah, which is why he says that even by the mitzvah of periyah if a person doesn't have children, um, they uh, can still fulfill part of the mitzvah by being rivya by multiplying themselves into other people um, with their values, with their ethics, which is really um, uh, the half of the mitzvah that a a parent is obligated, the way Rav puts it. He says, "Pirya of the word peru is multiply. He says, "Uh, horses also multiply, fish multiply. So peria is the numbers. Revu comes from the word rav. Why is a rav called a Rav. Why is a Rebbe called a Rebbe? Where does that come from? It comes from the word rov, to expand yourself. The obligation of a Rebbe is to expand themselves into the students. That's where the title comes from. So Peru Revu is, is both the mitzvah in, in, in having children, that's Peru, but Revu is to expand yourself into the children, What to, to teach them how to live appropriately. And even a person who doesn't physically have children can accomplish this part of the mitzvah. But be it as it may, the next Gemara is going to focus primarily on the Peru. What does it mean, Peru? To multiply, how many children? How does this work out? Let's get going. Says the Mishnah. A person should not remove themselves from the mitzvah of having children unless you already have children. Okay? Meaning, until a person's fulfilled their mitzvah, of Peru Revu, they should strive to have children. B'Shamay Bishamayayim says, you know what having children is? Shnei two sons. If you fathered two sons, that's the mitzvah of having children. Once you've done that, now you could abstain from having children. BeSol Bishamayim says, no. Zecharim, the mitzvah is one boy, one girl, one male, one female bara. Baruch, who made male and female. In order for the world to continue, you need males and you need females. So, with a female, you want to have another male and female so that the world can continue the same way our generation got here. By leaving behind a male and a female, you're doing what you can to ensure that the generation after them can come around as well. Okay. Says the Gemara. But, if a person already has children, you could remove yourself from having children, but it's still a mitzvah to have a wife. Okay, It's still a mitzvah, uh, it's still a mitzvah to be married. This is a proof to Reb Nachman, who says the name is Shmuel Damar, who says, A person has many children. A person has many children you shouldn't remain without a wife, it's forbidden to be without a wife, okay, the person shouldn't be left alone, some say, no, once you have children, you're also, you're off the hook, from, uh, from, uh, taking a wife, let's say, this is an up, upslug, this is a refute, to Rav Nachman, quoting Shmuel, who says, you should always strive to have a wife, like, he says here's what it means Okay, if a person has no children so then if you're going to get married not if if a person doesn't have children and you're looking for a shidduch you're supposed to look for a shidduch of a woman who could have children that's what it means if I already have my children so I can marry whoever I want I don't need to make sure. It's, it's, not, it's not part of my responsibility when I'm looking for a shidduch to know whether she's, she has childbearing abilities. Okay? Why? I already, I already have my mitzvah. Fine. Nafkamina. Limkar safer tayra bishvul banim. The Nafkamina is going to be um, if we allow somebody to sell a sefer teira for the purpose of having children. It's fascinating. If a person um, has children, you're not allowed to sell the sefer Torah. If you don't have children, then it is permitted to sell the sefer Torah. What is going on? What does this mean? There's a fascinating Gemara that tells us that there's very few things that you're allowed to sell a sefer Torah for. Sefer Torah is the highest, highest level of holiness, highest level of kedusha. You can't sell a sefer Torah, for example, to buy a shoe. Safer, there's only a very few things. You know what you're allowed to sell a Sefer Torah for? For limud HaTorah, for people to be able to study Torah, or <clears throat> or for marriage. Okay? Now, if a person were able to sell a Sefer Torah for to be able to afford a marriage, to start a home, you could only do that if you're marrying a woman who's capable of having children. However, if you already have kids, then it doesn't matter. You could even sell the sefrath for to marry anybody. Okay. Let's get back into the Mishnah. We had a dispute. How do you completely fulfill your mitzvah of children? Bishamah says two males, Bisol says male and female. Bishamah says, I'm Mishnah Zhara. Maitamay, the Mishama, let's use it for Bishamah, Yafinami Maisha, Thsi, Bene Maisha, Gashav Eliaser. Mysha two sons, Garishami Eliaser, and Maisha Beno kept Tyra mitzvah. So? He had two sons? All you need is two sons. Fine. Look look at our, uh, you know, look at our great Torah leader. Fine. Ubeisil? What does Beisil say? They learned it out from the creation of the world. Hashem made Adam and Chava. So if we're obligated in the midst of procreating, so you make a male. The midst is you have a male and a female. Why doesn't Beisil agree with Beisilal? Ain't done in Efshir, Mishi'i Efshir, top of tomorrow's daf. He says, (laughs) you can't learn out a case where it's possible from something that's not possible. Meaning, when Hashem made the world, he had to make a male and a female. Otherwise, he ain't having no babies. Men cannot have children. However, nowadays, whenever nowadays is, where other people could be having daughters. So, two children is the way to go. Uh, Even if it's Two sons. Why does Beissel say it needs to be a male and a female? What's wrong with the source from Maisha? On Marloch, is going to say, Maisha did it on his own. Okay? In other words, Maisha had a unique set of circumstances. The Tanya, we learned in it. There are three things that Meishe like decided on his own. And ultimately, HaKadosh Baruch said, you're right. Pirish Isha, he separated from his wife. He had to talk to. Now, he, this is part of the proof that two sons is enough, right? Because once he had two sons, then he would separate from his wife, so he would always be ready to speak to Hashem. But if he had a mitzvah period, how you allowed to do that? Must be that two sons is enough. Okay, Pirish Isha, Bishibara Luchais. Also, he broke the Luchais when he came down, right? The well-known story. Um, it's actually how the whole tyra ends, right? That he that he uh, broke the luchais that in they call Yisroel uh, in front of it, right? It's, he broke the he broke the luchais without asking Hakadosh Baruch and Hakadosh Baruch said Yasher Koichas shashi barta he said and he added on one day where couples were supposed to separate in order to make sure that they were pure before the giving of the Torah. Okay, we'll hold it here for today. Besham, tomorrow we will go through these three things that Myshe Rabbeinu decided on his own without asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of how he came to these conclusions and how we know HaKadosh Baruch Hu, uh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu agreed with him. We're going to discuss a little bit uh, about Har Sinai. Then we're going to get back into the mitzvah of having children. Fascinating. Daf tomorrow. We'll hold it here. Have a wonderful, wonderful night, everybody. We'll see 9.30 tomorrow morning.